Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jimmy Crenn and Sheila Highland, episode 33 emanating from our favorite spot, 23rd and Vine on East Carson Street, just off the Birmingham Bridge. I call it Pittsburgh's, what's that famous New Orleans Road? Bourbon Street, man. That's it. it. This is it. And you're a resident of Southside, Jim Crenn. Oh, yeah, man. I'm out there partying and falling on the streets every (laughs) week. Fights and a, oh yeah, phone on uh, Sheila is on still another vacation. She's on the island of Antigua. She is the independent billionaire. People don't know this about Sheila. She is. She and is she... every month in some exotic location, and I'm like, what is going on? So this week was well, Antigua. I got to go. Jimmy and I are saving up sure. to go to Charlotte. an island. We're going Charlotte. on an island. Neville We're going island. Yeah, yeah, Neville a, Island. Right, yeah. Larry, I took it. Right. You set it up. You like, got to You just. It it's like you and I. We know each other so well exactly. now. And we're excited uh, this time we're going to talk with the guys about beer. So we got Hal B. Klein from Pittsburgh Magazine. And Hal, I asked you, it's okay to leave the B off, but some people just can't. Some people call me Hal B. all the time, but the B stands for beer. So, you know, here we are talking beer. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's really Hal Beer Klein. And every Thursday on the KDK Radio Morning Show, we talk to Rich Cook, who's your digital director, and he makes your to include whatever it is you're talking about, or in this case, writing about. Yeah, he's you know he's on the show, and he's always telling us what's going on with the magazine and all the good stuff. There's so much happening in food and drink in Pittsburgh all the time. Bob and I were talking before the show about how it just seems like it's continuously one day after another. There's more and more and more things to do. And Bob Batts is with the Post-Gazette. Bob, how long have you been doing what you do? Oh, man, I don't even know if I want to say that. I've well, been doing it back. as long as Jim Crenn's yeah, been doing what he does. I'll say that, back yeah. Back, well, man, back to years at least. Eight track tapes or cassettes? I always Sets. preferred eight tracks, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, Major's yeah. great. Remember that? Yeah. The middle of the song would stop. You had to wait. <laughs> then it continued again. Well, how did we get through that? Man? It's like, how do we survive? How we do you do it. anything? We, we spent a few weeks ago some times or some time in the Dream Labs over in East, East Liberty mm-hmm. with this robotics boom in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and uh, the artificial intelligence wave is has been here there's like a square mile of pittsburgh yeah. what do you say there's a hundred companies hundred different robotic companies and they're Amazing. working on replacing gemini so this You're real close this may Very be one close. of our last opportunities yeah, yeah. Yeah. Intelligence. Did, right. have you guys been by that hazelwood green uh, that giant complex in the with the old yeah. steel mill and everything right along the river have you gone by there there's a lot of robotics in there but it's like they it's this frame of an old steel mill Huh. And they built the buildings and all these labs and, you know, startups and stuff in there. It's really, really cool. You could, they actually have a walking trail just for this complex. So Just for the workers. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Our it's city, we it's beautiful. And it's, all of a sudden, we're this, uh, you know, techie kind of robotic city. And we're used to the blue collar thing. And we're, we're kind of a white collar city in a way, I guess. Or we're growing that way in a way, huh? With yeah, in a lot of ways. Yet, we maintain a heritage in that link to... Mm-hmm. When back in the day, there were little microbreweries everywhere in Western Pennsylvania, and they all kind of got, you know, absorbed into one when we just had the Pittsburgh Brewing in Lawrenceville and then Rolling Rock in Latrobe. But now how many, Hal, you've been following this very closely. How many are there now? Oh, boy, I think you might know better than I do. I think there's 
more than 30 at least. Yeah, right? there, in the in the county, there's probably, there's more than 40 in, in Allegheny County and in this city. Microbreweries. My, yeah, craft breweries, craft I breweries. guess, is the way that we that's call them. Microbrews dates us, but that's what we used to call yeah. them in the 80s and 90s oh, when wait they were coming on. So. We don't call them that anymore? No, uh, yeah. so, some of them aren't that small. You know, some wow. of them, and now there's all these terms. I was just talking to a friend of mine who wants to start one, and he, he's... He has his eyes on a Nano Pico brewery, which means small, but it also sounds like what people over here call their grandparents, Nano and Pico. Yes. I don't know. So, <laughs> but, um, but, a lot of them are, but a lot of them aren't small anymore. So craft brewery would be the term. There's probably 40 in the county, and I, I track them on a spreadsheet at work at the Post-Gazette for a map. And right now, I, I've got like 300 that I'm following. Not all of them are open yet. But that would be State College, Erie, Morgantown, Ohio, wow. Eastern Ohio. So it's it's. I think it's more than some beer people think really sure. right now. So is, well, is that, is that, I'm gonna say is, is that the most in the country? Is that normal? Have that many? It's a lot, right, for a city. It's for, it's probably not the most in the country. It's it's up there though. Pittsburgh is a beer town in a lot okay. of ways, and people love it. But I think that's a thing that's sort of happened in a lot of different cities across the country is, you know, people started as home brewers a couple decades ago. And then as laws changed, as what we wanted changed, as consumers, as where we wanted to go changed, a lot more people started getting into it and thinking maybe I could do this as a career. And now what we're starting to see is like second generations, people that didn't start as home brewers, but started as an apprentice at a brewery are now five, six years later opening their own breweries. And so you're starting to see that develop. And that's happening in Pittsburgh, but also in a lot of other cities. So we, we are right up there, though, like uh, Pennsylvania is a big state, you know, California and Pennsylvania are always the biggest at everything. But we're number two in terms of breweries in the whole state. And California is number one. But Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is so right up there. there. For, yeah, we have all these little neighborhoods and we have all these little towns. And like a lot of things here, everybody wants their own thing. They don't want to share it. Right. So they everybody wants right. to have their own brewery. Hometown now, brewery. now we're getting to the point where little towns are getting their second and third places, too. And wow. that's that's what we're living through this summer, I think. Yeah, and it was kind of the focus of the story I wrote a couple of months ago for Pittsburgh Magazine is that these are really becoming our community spaces, right? So as Bob said, each neighborhood, each little town has a brewery, and that's kind of you know where maybe you used to go to like the corner bar right. after work or whatever. You would go to the brewery now, and that replaces that. And that's also thanks in part to some changes in Pennsylvania law that allow for Pennsylvania distilled spirits to also be sold there. Hmm. Um, Pennsylvania wines to be sold there so it becomes a thing where it's like the brewery is part of it the beer is part of it but the community aspect is part of it if you want to instead get a gin and tonic you can get it there as well and also each brewery has their own character and their own distinction so right, right. you can go play games some of them are dog friendly some of them have trivia some of them have music and so they become real destinations in a lot of different ways that's at you know foremost for good beer but also for all the other things it offers that are things that bring us out to like go support places. Put you guys on the spot a little. We had friends coming in from out of town. Say, Larry and I want to check these out. You guys have like a, a favorite one or one or two that like you'd say, hey, you got all right, go here. I said, my friend's in from New Jersey. You want to see Jimmy? You should go here. Or you have any of that like you can stand out to you? I mean, I would. You know, I think the thing that's interesting is because it's so neighborhood based. Right. A lot of this is where you live and what's close. So I live in Bloomfield. I love Trace Brewing. Mm -hmm. I love Trace Brewing because it's a great brewery. I love the vibe there. I love the atmosphere there. And right. I also love that I can walk there. And that's great. I and, love and the roundabout. Home. It's a walk, walk home. home. Yeah, yeah, it's a walk, walk home. Right? Good point. No, but I also, Uber, which is good, but still yeah. interesting. 
Um, but I love the roundabout brewery pop-up that's down on the river in Manchester Chateau, maybe. Yep. Um, the famous neighborhood of Chateau yeah. that we all know. And <laughs> yeah, love. we all know Chateau. Sounds very nice and, and there, you know, roundabout was one of the real kind of foundational breweries of the craft brewery movement in Pittsburgh when they started. And now they've closed up shop. They had a place in Lawrenceville that's now Coven Brewery. But they're maintaining their pop-up and they're, they're kind of guerrilla brewing at uh, breweries across the city right now. But it's a great space because you're on the river. Can you explain the pop-up thing? The, the, the roundabout pop-up is hilarious and it's pure Pittsburgh. Even though we are getting you know techie and white collar and we're getting away from our roots, I think the pop-up takes us back to our roots because the former, the, the current owners of Roundabout, but they used to have this pub in um, Lawrenceville that's turned over to some new young owners now. They were going to do a on-the-water riverfront outdoor beer space it sounded you know that sounded cool it sounded cool. modern like pittsburgh it, yeah. but when it opened it's it's a gravel lot in front of an old rusty whaler <laughs> warehouse with a bunch of crap piled up next to it they put some tents up they imported some uh orange picnic tables from germany that were used for beer fests over there and they plopped them in the gravel it's fabulous. It works. It's right on the. It's basically right on the point. It's okay. not on the water. Like you can't touch the water. There's what? train tracks, I think, and at least and in the bike trail, and then the water. But it's beautiful, that and there's no better place to sit out on a day like today yeah. and drink a beer. It's on a great. beautiful day, and it's you know great beer, and that's you know that's a special thing. So that's one of those things that's exciting. There's usually food trucks there, huh. um, okay. so you can just go spend the evening, spend a Saturday afternoon. Well, I was yourself. born in Millville. And never imagining that they, I don't know how long it's been since they converted the church to Mr. Small's Fun House. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> right? 15, I mean, that's been years. a long time. Sure. But it's become this little mecca for, mm -hmm. they have a little food truck park in front of one of the breweries down there. Right. And it's really popular. And you could bring your dog and you could sit outside and you, they change out the trucks every week. Um, that's kind hey, of, cool you, and you've got a couple of breweries up there. You have the strange roots brew house with an outdoor space. You've got grist house, which is one of the, the grist house. You know, yeah. yeah. Grist house has that all, ton of outdoor space. It's growing. I right think now. they named strange roots after my family there. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure, but I would imagine there are a lot of people that have no idea. You know how we are in Pittsburgh. If you don't go to a place for a while, right. You live here your whole life. Like some people have never been to the Andy Warhol Museum, for instance. It's one of the number one destination points for people from out of state to come here in the first place. I've never been inside it, but I'm a Pittsburgher. They just go. assume I know <laughs> I got to go. My yeah, wife's family's <laughs> yard touched uh, Warhol's backyard in uh, South Oakland. So I, I got to go there. But my point is... If you don't drive around or make an effort to discover something new right. when it comes to these little breweries, um, you're missing out, I, I think, think. What's amazing about it, too, though, is there could be places that you don't even know exist, but then you go to Grist House is a perfect example of this, tucked away in a corner in Millvale, and then you go, and there's 100 people sitting outside. Everyone's drinking beers. Like There's you know 40 dogs. And it's amazing. And you're like, what is, you know, what did I just walk right. into? It's great. And that happens all throughout the city, all these different breweries. You start to see that. And so it's exciting to be able to like expand your horizons, I guess. And, you know, get out, go to a different neighborhood, it check out what's exciting, there. Especially after what we just 
went through with COVID and all that stuff. I'm ready for the summer to check out these places. Now, places are really coming back in a big way. It's weird to live through this in, in one way, to, to Hal's point about having a place in your neighborhood. When craft beer was first coming on here and we had like one or two breweries instead of 40, or we had three beer bars instead of 100, you used to have to drive. Like I would drive... I remember driving out to East Liberty to the old Sharp Edge, the original Sharp Edge, right. when East Liberty was still kind of a rough neighborhood. And Poor I, Baker Square. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the Sharp Edge had like a, their logo was a cutting knife. And I, it was a kind of scary to go out there back right. in the 80s and the early 90s. And that was part of its charm. Now you don't have <laughs> to, charming. you don't have to drive anywhere. I live in, in the mean streets of Mount Lebanon right now. Oh, and that's I can, a rough place. I can, yeah. I can pretty soon, this summer I'll be able to walk to three breweries, much less beer bars or brewery tap rooms, two breweries, one brewery tap room from my house. You it's walk, crazy. In Lebanon, you walk three blocks, you will get a, you will get accosted by a financial manager. <laughs> or an insurance. They will come right at you. Yeah, you're They'll right. Financial planner. Yes. I'm right at you. <laughs> We're yeah, with that, Bob, Bob Batts of Post-Gazette, Halby Klein. We got a lot of questions for you guys. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn. San Sheila Highland. She promises to be back it's next week. Yeah. Episode 33. More to come. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jimmy Crenn and Sheila Highland. Episode 33 from 23rd and Vine here in the south side. A great wine bar. And we're with Hal B. Klein from Pittsburgh Magazine and Bob Batts from the Post-Gazette. Bob, where did you grow up? Well, it, I, I'm, I'm a newspaper kid, so my parents were both newspaper people. And back in the day, we used to, they, my dad would say, I want to work at such and such a newspaper. And you'd just go there and they'd hire you. They had three newspapers. Then he could say that and move somewhere else. I lived all over the place. I came to Pittsburgh in 86, just after we got named America's Most Livable City. Okay. I came from Dayton, Ohio, and people felt sorry for me coming to Pittsburgh. And they, they thought, you know, it's like, well. Like you know, a yeah, sentence. It was, it was really, they were just felt really bad for me. It's like, well, you got to start somewhere, kid. Good luck, <laughs> you know. So I remember one of the, the editorial cartoonists I used to work with um, made a cartoon for me that says, it had me driving into Pittsburgh, and it said, only you can prevent river fires. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was kind of like riffing on Cleveland, but it yes, was not. Still nobody. And this out. is from Dayton, so I felt like I moved to Pittsburgh just as it was on its climb up, and I don't feel like it's ever right. gone backwards it since then. It, it really has. hasn't. Yeah, so. it is cool that it is. And how you are a transplant, but you were originally lured here By to way, write about beer. I I came Booze. here. I was I was lured here to be part of the food studies program at Chatham University. And my, pers my first professional writing gig was for Pittsburgh City Paper, okay. our great alt-weekly. And it was as the booze columnist. Nice. Um, what a great yeah, gig. Men a mentor a of mine gig. said the, of my life. The, the drinking columnist for City Paper left abruptly. <laughs> you should apply. And I was out in California huh. um, visiting some family. And I was like, hang on, everyone. I'm going to get a job writing about drinking. Was it really? And I got it, and it was, was it, great. Was it titled Booze Columns? I put a card. It's called On the card. Rocks. Oh, so I put Booze Columns. Yeah. Are you uh, really good at it? Uh, I, you know, I, back, in the, back in, the, in the day when I first got that gig, I was like, this is a great job because I get to go yeah. and, you know, have some cocktails or beer for work at 1130. I mean, it was like work, you know, I paid, you know, a hundred bucks a column or whatever, but I was like, I took it very seriously and was like, well, if I have to sample these, these beers right how, now, how I guess long I ago? will. Roll your sleeves and go yeah, to work. Yeah, yeah. How long goes. ago was that? That was about 10 years ago. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. So you, like Bob, of course, a little later on, but you decided to stay here. Yeah, I love Pittsburgh. I decided to stay here. There was so much happening with food and drink, and it's a really great place to live. I think the neighborhoods and the communities here are amazing. And, you know, working with people, Bob actually gave me one of my, also gave me one of my first writing gigs in Pittsburgh. And I remember, you know, back when I was writing that column and, you know, back when, back then, you know, it was like every time a brewery opened, it was like big news. And then at a certain point it was like, they're like, oh, we're opening a brewery. And it was like, okay, another one, tell us more, you know, and that seeing that shift, I think was pretty, pretty amazing that happened in kind of like the mid 2010s, I guess. Yeah. And again, and, and when you and I met and started working together, that was when Pittsburgh was doing its meteoric food rise too, mm -hmm. like where we went from having nowhere to eat and suddenly we were being written about and some of the national magazines and stuff. So that those two did go hand in hand. We suddenly got a lot more restaurants, and at the same time, we were getting a lot more, um, a lot more drinks places. But then the the thing that really happened was we were getting a lot more drinks producers, not just places that could pour a good cocktail or serve you a good wine, but they were making it in the back. And that's that's where a lot of this big boom has come from, sustained now for the last well, ten years well, at least. Yeah. With our city, with the. The food, especially, what was it, this Zagat or whatever, we were top three or whatever it was, restaurant cities, and it was amazing because it was like you know, L.A., San Francisco, whatever it was. But I remember he interviewed a lady, one of the people that ran Zagat, and I remember asking her about that. I said, well, why are we all of a sudden with, you know, New York, San Francisco, Pittsburgh? She said, uh, well, sous chefs or, you know, or whatever, assistant chefs or in New York or wherever, uh, they want to start their own restaurant. And you look around New York and million dollars to start a restaurant a little <laughs> restaurant and it, and it's somehow it started where maybe one or two came here and they're like wait a second for 50 grand we can open them <laughs> really and and all of a sudden they said these, these talented young chefs started coming that's what she said caused really to catch people on. were coming here but then also i think you know it for a long time it was well if you want to like make it in quotes or whatever you know it was like you got to go to new york you got to go to la you got to go to chicago okay. and then people realized well no we could just stay here and that's going to be just as satisfying. And it's like you don't have to go prove yourself. You don't need the validation right. of New York City to, sh to say that you're doing great work. You can do great work where you live. And sure. so a lot of people stayed in Pittsburgh. And then that became a thing that became, you know, self-feeding, right? That more things were happening. And you see it with the breweries now that people were like, oh, man, if they're doing it, I can do it too. And so you start really building like a whole city where there's like all sorts of great stuff happening. It's create great incomes for these companies, for these businesses. These microbrews is great. Yeah, and back to the beer for a minute. Literally, when Jim and I grew up in Pittsburgh, you know, Iron City was the big local. There was yeah. actually on the south side here a Duquesne beer. I live right next door to it. Yeah. yeah, they had the famous clock. And there were some smaller uh, breweries, St. Mary's up in uh, the north, which is all natural. I guess they use they don't use preservatives. And uh, Rolling Rock, of course, right. made True. the region famous nationally. But then outside of those few, there were only, and you couldn't get cores back in the day originally, yeah. remember? Yeah. It, it was like a cool thing. They weren't allowed. <laughs> so there was just Budweiser or Stroh's. You remember Stroh's yes, from Detroit? Yeah. And what were some of the others? There weren't that many choices, yeah, is my Straub point. Straub and Straub. And Straub. Not, not, not made here, especially. Yeah, they right. got very right. small. Yeah. So now, here's the problem. If you want to go into one of these places, so you have the breweries and you have the tap rooms, how do you define the difference between a tap room and just a regular bar? I mean, in a lot of ways, I don't think there is one. Um, and that's an interesting thing that's going on right now. 
literally right now is um, the state law changed about a ten, 10 years ago or so, and it wasn't that long before then where you couldn't even brew your own beer. You couldn't even open a, a brewery in Pittsburgh. That law had to change in the mid-'80s, and that happened in Pittsburgh for Pennsylvania, and we could talk about that later. But now what's happening is the if you had a, you know Jim and Larry's Brewery and you were in Millvale, right. the, the state law now allows you to have up to four satellite locations of your brewery. Okay. So if you can get a building somewhere, right, right. wherever, you can open sort of the Jim and Larry's tap room, okay. make the beer in Millvale and send it out there. there. Then So you have that in South Point, All right. and you do another one in East Liberty, and then you do one in Blue. You know, that, so that what's happening now, there's a lot of tap rooms that are opening. I did a story. I did two stories this week on My Little Beer Beat. Um, there's a brewery in Verona, a uh, little town on the river across right, from yeah. where you are. Um, Intergroove Brewing. They just opened their first tap room up in the city's Allentown neighborhood. Ah. Yeah. All they did is they got a great classic storefront, a little bit like this building, yeah. and it was a daycare or something like that, and they redid it. There's a like a blacktop daycare uh, outdoor space next door for like a play space that's now got picnic tables on it. You can go to their tap room and get their beer, mostly their wow. beer. Okay. As Hal said, you can also get uh, Pennsylvania whiskeys and spirits and some Pennsylvania wine. So, and maybe some soft drinks for the kid. Um, Voodoo Brewery, which is a very famous big one up in Meadville, they started in Meadville. They've got tap rooms popping up all over the place. This week I wrote about one in Houston, PA. If you think of the suburbs of Cannonsburg, right. if there is such a thing right. in Washington County. Well, I know exactly where you mean. They're, they're yeah. getting a tap room of voodoo there, independently owned and run, but it'll, okay. it'll be a place where you can get their beer this summer. It's a block away from Helltown Brewing's Houston tap room. It's like the, the Lawrenceville of Washington County is coming together down there. And I, I haven't been down to Houston in a long time. Voodoo just announced this week that they're opening in the old Rivertown space on the North Shore, right across from Southern Tier Brewery and Tap Room and Heinz Field and PNC Park. That's basically a tap room, but it's going to seat 400 people inside and out. It's a really big space. What happened to Rivertown? Uh, Rivertown brand is still around. They're brewed at what's now the Helltown Brewing Brewery out in Export, PA. We have so many great place names in Western PA. So an export PA, they still make some of that brand, but that big space just, it had, it had like an eight year run on the North shore. And it yeah. just, you know, I don't know exactly what happened, but th- things open and things close and, and, and now hell, so. but voodoo taking that over it on game days, they they want to be open for Steelers season this year and they will be, and yeah. it's going to be cool. packed. It's yeah. going to be cool. packed. Have so, you ever been to. Helltown, Halby. I know, but I'm. I feel like I need to buck up I'm and shocked. go there. Come on, <laughs> you're the there. guy. I know. That, There's that, so many. Pla- I mean, that's the thing. There are like so many places to go. Is there a saturation and point? So, there? are we at a place where you know anywhere? Well, well, that's so a great. That's a great question, Jim. I'm like, all great questions. Well, yeah. well, I know. When you go here, here's the thing. I've been out like back to the days where you just you always knew what beer you were going to order. Right, right. There was rarely even. A thought of changing up when you went anywhere. Or your now, server knew what you were and just put it down yeah. in front right. of you. Yeah. And now there's this, we joke about it. You go to some of these places that have how many taps and how many, uh, this is an IPA, nine, this thing, that thing. <laughs> and now you got to, you, you take a chance. Although I know a lot of people that don't mind taking a chance on an extra beer or two. Sure. 
Yeah, I you mean, know what I'm saying? You know, it's like you got your favorites and then you can ask the people that work there and see what else is there. I think there's a saturation point on, you know, there was a, there was a minute where all these bars would open up and they're like, we've got 112 beers on tap. Right. And that was too much. And I think people were like, I am actually not interested in that much. And also, like, how clean are your taps? If you're going right. to have that how, many. How old is your beer? Yeah. yeah, and how old is your beer? But there's, you know, when you go to a brewery now and they've got, say, like eight or ten styles that they're offering. I think it's pretty exciting because, you know, you might have your favorites and then you're like, well, I'll just try one of these things. And you look at, you know, East End Brewing, which was the first real craft brewery in Pittsburgh that was like selling at bars and was a real trailblazer. There were a few places before that, but they were the first one to operate independently from a restaurant license. And when they started, they had one beer and then they had like four for years and years and years. And now you go and they've got so many different styles of beer and people, I'm sure, have their favorites. People will say, like, hey, I love Fat Gary. I'm always going to get a Fat Gary. But then they're like, maybe I'll try this one, too, because you trust the brewer. So right. you're like, why not try it? Well, and that gets back to your question, Jim, about, you know, where, where should I send my buddies coming in right. from St. Louis? Or, know, yeah. What's fun now is that some of these breweries specialize in certain styles of beer. So one of my first questions, like I try not to play favorites because yeah. I'm not reviewing these right. places as much as just writing about them. Um, I would ask, what, what kind of beers does your buddy like? You know, or what, what kind of beers are your friends German, interested like in trying? Heavy, say heavy beer. But then you, well, yeah, or yeah. if you said German, like a lager style yeah, beer. Yeah, lager, I guess. We, yeah. have, we have breweries, that, newly opened breweries that just specialize in those, in, in styles true to what they would be made like in Germany. So that'd be a slam dunk to send right. them there. If uh, Larry's uh, friend coming in from Antigua says, I really like the pale ales, yeah. both Hal and I would say, well, why don't you go up to Sharpsburg and go to Dancing Gnome? And they that's what they do. They'll have 20 different hazy pale ales that, okay. this weekend. They, they don't all just do one style, but some of them are, are sort of specializing in things now. And, that, and that's kind of cool because if you are a person that doesn't just stay in your neighborhood, you might be in the mood for loggers one day. Let's go, Hal, I'll meet you at the logger place right. or for the logger. And then on another day, we might be thirsty for a dark stout on a coal and we'll go somewhere that does those well. So there, okay. there, there is uh, some specialization that's popping that's up good, in a lot of these that's places. Why, that's yeah. probably why we can uh, keep these things growing, these brews, because like you said, if you have your favorite, you build allegiance to that particular brewery. And that's, I guess that's the goal of these people to make your fan base of your beer and they each one could have their own little kingdoms or whatever and can all live together happily without someone going under so i got a question the, the difference between jim and i and hal klein and bob bats is they get to write off their drinking or at least have someone pay for it i write it off is that I still write accurate it's just a tuesday night I'm writing jokes. To i don't get to write it off drinks yeah you, you have those uh, unlimited expense accounts right oh, i wish that's what we're going I mean, drinking I, right after this we're going out with the guys that bring his cards out all right I, mean, I think i think we're both lucky to work for publications that still value the professionalism of yeah, the work quality, and recognize that you don't quality. need to spend your own money but i think the, i also think the era of unlimited expense accounts is long over. Oh, I thought it was like Mad Men. You know, he's drinking yeah. well, and, and, and Bob's office. The, one more time. Yeah. the crap that I get at work 
Yeah. You know, uh, month in and month out. It's yeah. like, oh, you're right about beer. And it's like, guys, yeah. it, I'm, it's still news. You know, I'm still it, when when. Uh, Come on, Bob, week, let's be honest. But, but I, I, I embrace the challenge. Larry. I, I appreciate I'm, it. I'm, I, somebody has to do it. And yeah, so, they walk in. Uh, yeah, it's the work. It's the, the work. Only officer Bob yeah. walks in and goes, where's Bob? He's sleeping and off in the corner. Yeah. Wakes so, up, but that's okay. Wakes yeah. up in two hours. Let's go to work. Pittsburgh Magazine and Hal be <laughs> hammered. Yeah, Hal's sleeping enough too. They have a nap room. <laughs> the nap room. Yeah, yeah I, we, actually, nap room. we actually hired a guy once years ago at KDK Radio, and uh, yeah. God is my witness. They brought him in, and he was on his first day at the job, and he was asking people a couple hours in, "Where's the nap room?" I really, you know what? Respect. Respect. Yes, I, <laughs> I think it's a trend we should start. Yeah, we should all Do you have a nap room at I, Pittsburgh Magazine? I wish. We need a nap room. When, I, when I came to Pittsburgh and we were downtown at the Pittsburgh Press Building, Rest It's Soul, that's where I yeah. started. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and coming to Pittsburgh was like, even coming from Dayton, this, Pittsburgh was another country. It was like coming to another country in yeah. lots of ways. But um, I was looking for a new colleague who was also a neighbor up in Mount Washington. And somebody said, well, go up to the third floor bathroom because he's probably taking a nap. <laughs> and I was like, what the? And I went up. The old press bathrooms, and this isn't that long ago. I'm not that old. But you could smoke a cigar at your desk when I first got here. That was That'd weird. Cool. And you could take a nap in the third floor men's room in these little vinyl loungeettes that they had. <laughs> it, like, I'm okay with taking a nap. I'm not sure that's where I would have no. done it. I don't know if I want to get that was one of the urinal. That, that yeah, was that's, Pittsburgh in 1986. Right. Yeah, that's I a know, sign of the nap room. We could bring the nap room back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got a Much colleague better. with not in, your, not in your urinal. There yeah. it is. We'll no, that, you can't. That's a that's a fail, man. You can't go in there and then. out of the bathroom. Bob and I are bringing it out. Next thing you know, you got a colleague with explosive diarrhea. That's uncool. How That's can you nap through that? Horrible. No, I think you know, as as with the, with the work from home culture now, people should every office should just convert one of the offices to into a nap room far away from the bathroom. I think so. Yeah, well, yeah. just so you know, this was about twenty five years ago when they tried to. This guy lasted one day. Yeah, I bet. Well, they, they didn't have a nap room. He quit. <laughs> he, said, he didn't want to work. I, so I can't work under these conditions. I, Where can you sleep? Why would you be replaced? Doesn't have a nap room. He thought. Do what I do. Just sleep on the air. He's probably like a United States senator or something right now, this dude. We were having him. Like, yeah. All right, we're going to have some final thoughts. Hal B. Klein with Pittsburgh Magazine, Bob Batts, Post-Gazette. It's Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland, Episode 33. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland. Sheila back from still another vacation in Antigua. We we're, we're, ha- we're next ha- next episode. Well, we're hashing out the nap room off yeah. the air, trying to figure it all. We're out. talking we'll beer with month. the guys. The guys would be Halby Klein from Pittsburgh Magazine, Bob Batts with the Post Gazette, and I got to ask you guys. This is a sidebar question because it goes with having some beers with the guys. You know, talking about sports in this town, a lot about hockey, mm-hmm. football, and the NFL has to be the most brilliant marketing geniuses because everything they do, they have some big lead-up and a reveal. And we just had the schedule revealed for the new season, and they went inside and Mm -hmm. who the people are that pick the dates and how they do all this stuff. Have you seen this? No, it's fascinating. I like to see it. I mean, they're really good at it. Yeah, it's cool. I don't think anyone has sold more beer than pro football over the years. 
definitely replaced baseball probably in the 60s or 70s. Now it's football, though. At, right? What is it, $16 a beer at a Steelers game? I don't right. get to go to a lot of Steelers that's, games. But yeah, something that's, like, that, a lot of beer at a pretty good price, too. Yeah, I but they, those were all the traditional beers, you know. You said uh, back in the day, the Clydesdales with the Budweiser, and right. that's always one of the Super Bowl commercials. What's the best way for these little micro, well, I can't call them micro breweries, craft, craft, yeah. craft breweries to get the word out? It's just word of mouth and social media, right? Well, one thing that's happening this year is some of them are getting footholds in the in the stadiums. You know, um, okay. who I, I don't I'm, I want to make sure I get this right. I'm trying to think. One of the local craft breweries, at least, has uh, booths at PNC Park this year, and I I don't want to misspeak, but I, I it's it might even be Grist House. It's somebody that we know, and I'm, I apologize for not remembering exactly. Fatheads. No, I mean, they, you you've been able to buy those kind of beers at like PPG Paint and in right. the stadiums, but this year some breweries i think i think fatheads is one that that has its own booth you know right. they, they sort of stepped okay, up into see. that what's funny about voodoo being across from uh, both of the stadiums on the north shore they make a beer that's based on renegade they have ah. a partnership with talk about marketing they wow. have a partnership with sticks the band <laughs> such as whatever they're made up of now right yeah. And they did a beer based on Renegade. It's called Oh Mama. And you will be able to buy it on the North Shore and take a four-pack with you as you walk the whole block over to Heinz uh, Field. So, yeah, they're, 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 they're doing brilliant. a lot of that kind of marketing, That's too. That's interesting. And, and there's a lot of money back and forth. So you'll see more. You don't have to drink a Budweiser when you go to a sports event anymore. There's a lot of selection. But you do have to spend well, 18 bucks. I'm surprised <laughs> because here at 23rd and Vine, Bob Bazzelli and his partner, Lou Caputo, who's generational, uh, one of these attorneys that have dealt with the licensing, and they know all the ins and outs, as you pointed out, that a lot of people would never know that you could have these extensions of a craft brewery. But they have Smokey Robinson's line of wines. And so it's really a personal signature. But there aren't many beers like that there's not that to jimmy Cren, we should have a beer I for you we need that yes we need that yeah. i feel like that's that's really what will make pittsburgh well, break, this shine. Down. break that down with the nap room beer yeah jimmy Cren's nap room brew the two go the two go together that's working all that's gold that's gold man that's genius jimmy Cren's nap room brew there it is we're in how two beers to a brewery yes two beers there's enough of them you need a nap after a couple of beers <laughs> How about be good as new. Jimmy Krenn's nap <laughs> bathroom nap brew? Yeah, that need, that, yeah, that needs some work. We're that needs some work. We're getting out of the bathroom. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. We're modern now. We're yeah. 2.0. We're, <laughs> we're the new nap rooms. Yeah. The new nap room. Yeah. We're, we're, leaving, we're leaving the urinals, Blair. So if I went to, so what's the difference between, I think I asked you this before, what's an IPA? Because I hear guys say, yeah, what IPAs do you have? I mean, even the definition of that has changed over the years. So it's an India Pale Ale is the basic definition. Well, what does uh, that it's mean? characterized by a, a hoppier beer than you would get uh. from, say, a lager or a traditional pale ale. But, you know, one of the things that has happened over the years is our taste for hops has gotten more and more and more. Right. And so what used to be a, a considered a hoppier IPA, now you've got double IPAs and triple IPAs that are just more and more of that sort of, like hops give it beer like that bitter florality. Um, what, what's funny now is that was the beer that, you know, that was like the beer that all the cool beer people drank. The IP. 
but there's there's I got friends that have IPA anxiety. Like I'll I'll be I'll be like hockey dad friends. I'll right. be like I'll be like bringing beer and and they'll be like, you know, they'll take you over to the side. Don't tell my wife, but I don't like IPAs. I'm like, that's fine. You don't have to like them. They're, IPA they can be, anxiety. They, they can be. They can be. They can be so hoppy yeah. and so Too unbalanced bitter. that it makes your. If you don't like them, that's fine. You know, I, I feel bad for people that feel like they have to like IPAs. And as we were getting at earlier in this conversation, right. there's so many different beers right. here, just in Pittsburgh, that you don't have to like. You never have to even look at an IPA. There's so many different beers. But yeah, a lot of people think they. Huh. If everybody at the bar it's was like ordering cool an IPA, thing. well, I, I got to, I right. can't. I got to have one. I got to have an IPA, I've done too. It. I don't even know it. what an IPA is. I've but been I, gotta, yeah. I have no idea what I've been until now. You've been That's IPA shamed. I would Same. just agree with it. So like yeah, I'm not just making this up. I'll get that. I'll get that. I'll get that. Yeah. Let's go with it. You're a victim of an IPA shaming. I know, man. I'm educated. And and I don't know if you guys realize this. I just learned this a couple weeks ago. We were at Market District, Settlers Ridge, and I realized I've known Jim long time now 20 over 20 years yeah. and i found out just a few weeks ago he's a what do they call that a friendsitarian no what did they tell you the chef told you you know there's vegetarian there's vegans there's pesca pescatarian oh, yes i can't remember beeritarian i could drink and eat everything is that what it is like a yeah, you were. I can't there's the a special that, name for that. Yes, now. I like everything. Which reminded me, you know, a glutton in the sky or something. Flexitarian. I'm a flexitarian. Uh, okay. That was it. You didn't even know, know you were that. one. You remember it I now? I was stunned. Yeah, that's right. I am a flexitarian. He's I trying to block. It. It. it wasn't. He wasn't trying to insult you. No, it was. Yeah, it was a compliment. Yeah, that's good. Have you ever heard flexitarian? Rarely. Well, no, they're serious. You know, Chef Ben was serious. That's that's what you call somebody who. You know, there's people who fashion right. themselves to be vegetarian <laughs> or vegan, which is totally cool. Whatever you want. Like, to your I'll point, Bob, if you don't like IPA, don't if you care. don't like meat, or if you want to be healthy. Flexible. But he's he's a flexitarian. Flex a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I could eat a vegetarian dish, or I can eat steak. Right well, there, there, there is, I, besides IPA anxiety, I do think that the, there is a side to craft beer. Hal knows this, too, where, you know, it... it the fact of the matter is it's very accessible. You probably have a craft beer place that you can walk to. If you live in Western Pennsylvania, it might be a little bit of a long walk. You'll be thirsty, but you can do it. A lot of people still have anxiety about going to a beer bar or a brewery. And I don't really know what these are. And I don't know if I will like it. Right. I don't want to say the wrong thing. That kind of, that's kind of unfortunate. That kind of stuff happens with food. It happens with a lot of stuff, but it's funny. If you think about it, a lot of these places, if you, you if you go to them, and you yeah. find a good server or you find the brewer who's hanging out and you ask them. They, there's so many nice people in this business that will tell you. They'll tell you what an IPA is and they won't laugh at you. They'll give you a little taste of one. They'll give you a taste of three and you can find that there is one that you like and there's one that you hate and that'll be okay. You can, you can learn a lot at these places if you just go in with an open mind and say, I don't know what. I'm looking at your list. I don't know what any of that is. Right. Let me try this. And they'll give you a little cup. And you're on your way. That's, That's part of cool. the fun of it, I think. And yeah. I love what Hal B. wrote recently. Most everyone is sipping crisp Pilsners or malty Schwarzbiers. Lagers that are the brewery's specialty and a style of brewing that's one of the most prominent trends in beer right now. These clean, crisp brews are a break from the ultra-hopped and hazy IPAs. 
high alcohol imperials and fruit forward tart shakes that <laughs> dominated like the past that. five years and remained popular good. among many beer lovers. That's that's, that's brilliant great writing. Great writing. There. Great I, writing. I, I great writing. <laughs> what, what, Wait, no, and I think that it gets to Bob's point, right? Which is the the age of lager, which I think is kind of a reaction to a lot of the the very very hoppy beers. And right. So that's, you know, the people want a cleaner beer. I would like a lighter yeah. beer. Myself. Fruit forward. <laughs> a lot, a lot of, of people are making like you know like our our granddad's beer or yeah. our dad's beer. My dad drank Stroh's. You know right. we we yeah. played street hockey sure. with the tr- Stroh's twelve pack boxes. Yeah. A lot of the craft brewers are making that kind of beer now. You my dad could drink some of this stuff and he wouldn't spit it out, but they're making it very well and it, and it's very good. So but you can you can find a Stroh's or a Rolling Rock or an Iron City, but made by these craft breweries at. At a very so high level, clean. Yeah. Is it clean? Is it just less hoppy, like less t- t- um, bitter, or just can drink it quicker? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, less, a little bit oh, of that. Just I like should that, say less flavor, sort of like crisp, but in a weird way. You know when you drink something and it's got that sort of like crisp, like yeah. flavor to it, yeah. like that, and then you know the difference between these craft breweries and say the the big macro breweries, yeah, is that these are just made a, like a little bit with a little bit more you know care, and so there's like just like a nicer flavor to them than you would get I'm, from. You know, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm sold on the fruit beer. Sometimes I'll, you know, little fruit. I'm, every once in a while. Don't be ashamed. I know. I'm, I'm a You're a flexitarian. Beer, that's true. That's why I don't have IP. Uh, but you don't have to. I don't, I don't exactly. But I'm I, not big on the fruit beer. It's kind I, of. I, I I'm a traditionalist. Like, I, I, you're gonna drink two. Or three. I can't do. Maybe a lime and a Corona. Yeah, well, that's, that's like an adding. What's great about the brews right, right now, right, is that you know you'll be able to go in and get a crisp lager or something like that. Someone else who right. likes something that is maybe a little bit more fruit forward or sour or whatever can get that. And there's all these like different choices to get, or you can just go. And what I like about the breweries too now is you can get not just a pint of beer, but you can get say a four ounce pour. So if you want to just try something and have a little bit of it, you know, you yeah, get Bob that saying, and then you get something else. Did you see that Eaton Park did a beer recently? Oh, e- Eaton Park doesn't even sell beer, really? but they up in your neighborhood, they, they partnered up with Grist House this spring, just a couple of weeks ago, and at the same time that Eaton Park strawberry pie hit the ground, right. you know, like it always does, and it always has, um, they did a strawberry beer with Grist House called um, Strawberry Pie Forever, and it, and it had a Sounds lot of had a lot of strawberries. And this was Eaton Park partnering up with Grist House, a really good brewery with a really good locally owned family, another family owned. Uh, a company hmm. and that beer sold out in two hours wow. two can, the cans of that beer is that sold the out. one with a picture of the smiley cookie with the wrinkled smile like no, well that see some people would would think that That's other people idea. really like that beer i would challenge anyone to drink more than one of those at right? a sitting but it's called a dessert sour it's a very specific kind of beer it is made for and one. it and it was and it, if you had a meal and then had a sip of this it was like it was really strawberry and not too sweet but sweet but enough for you but one en- would be enough but again yeah and that's a that's like a very that's a beer you might just try you're not gonna like you know right. have a six pack on your back porch <laughs> six pack of strawberry beer i still like a <laughs> just a rush. nice cold bottle of samuel adams boston lager the original which was originally brewed at pittsburgh brewing because when sam right. cook was starting that beer they had a facility that had the capability of doing it a certain way mm-hmm and look at everybody now. He, I think he did okay. Well, and look at Iron City. Like We talk about that like it's a, a brand from the past, but the brand has continued on. And as we sit here sometime this month, 
they're opening this huge new brewery yes. up in again another of our great place names East Deer PA okay. up by Creighton up along Creighton. Route 28. Yeah, that brewery is huge. They're going to be making. I don't know who's going to drink it all, but they're going to be making producing a lot yeah. of beer up there. We so. just talked to the owner, and he's excited because they're going to have a beer museum. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's something to look forward to. A restaurant to. at no, some point, no and, doubt, and a distillery. They're going to be Iron City is. Not right away. They're gonna make. They're gonna start selling beer first. They're gonna have their own little distillery right there too. So it's still Iron City. It'll still a lot of their beer at least will still be what you recognize right. as Iron City and 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 I see mango and all those the kinds of stuff that we're used to. But I'm sure they're gonna be making an IPA at some point too. And that'll it'll just huh. be interesting to watch what comes out of it. What is a huge factory? It I can yeah. still wow. hear the late great pirate broadcaster Bob Prince say. Brewed and bottled by Pittsburgh Brewing Company, Pittsburgh, PA. <laughs> Hal B. Klein, read all about it, Pittsburgh Magazine. Bob Bats with the Post-Gazette. Guys. guys, we should have everybody step out of their comfort zone. Try some of these new beers. Try a new place to have a beer, right? Yeah, yeah try all the beers. Find a nap room. Yes. Everything is going to be great. Try a <laughs> fruit forward be butternut flexible. squash be beer, whatever, whatever. And you're a flexitarian. Flexitarian approved. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much. Good seeing you guys. Well, we're going to uh, have Sheila Highland back from her trip. She better have a tan. I'm not she believing she better she's have in a tan. She's not in Antigua. She's not a tan. She's got to have a tan. I want to thank Face for Radio Productions, Jim Potolsky. Jim, let's hear it for Jim. Does a great job. Thank you, Jim. And Marcello, thank you. Our producer is Dick Roberts, who's really the uh, – this is one of the guys in life that has a right brain and a left brain that operate simultaneously. And uh, genius. Jim and I treasure that. Exactly. We write his cocktails. <laughs> Check out our free app. It's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can download it, access to a lot of great audio. Hopefully you'll sample more of our podcasts. This is Episode 33, Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn. Sheila Highland. That's a wrap.